Today we're talking about my experiences being neurodivergent. If you don't know, the term neurodivergent is like an umbrella term for being on the spectrum. And the spectrum includes, you know, being autistic, being OCD, having anxiety, having depression, having uh, dyslexia, things like that, just disabilities overall. And I'm currently laying down, so I sound like a fat bitch. And I've also been crying, so so it's pretty raspy and heavy breathing over here. <laughs> but today we're talking about my experiences being on the spectrum. I realized that I was on the spectrum, I think like, I want to say like April or so of last year of 2021. And that was because um, one of my good friends, they are on the spectrum and I got this book called Neurodivergent Mind and it's by Janara Nuremberg. <sighs> I just sat up and I feel fat. <laughs> Out of breath. And it's it's about how women are uh, function differently on the spectrum and how, like, the challenges that we face. I have not finished it. I think as far as, I, I think I'm only, like, I want to say 40 pages in or something. I don't know. I really actually want to read more of it. But I kind of, like, stopped around the part where there's a, there's charts in there that go into, like, the different char- characteristics for different diagnoses and stuff beyond the spectrum and I just want to say I'm not diagnosed I am self-diagnosed and that means that I know enough about myself and my my personality my characteristics to realize that you having multiple of the characteristics for that could be on the spectrum you likely are on the spectrum that's what that means I know that there is a stigma around self-diagnosing usually there is like for medical stuff for good reason However, being on the spectrum and being a woman, woman or non-man on the spectrum presents differently, especially in women of color. I think women of color too. There's so <laughs> there is a lot of disconnect there because a lot of a lot of women end up um, not getting diagnosed until later on in life or realizing that they're on the spectrum until later on in life. I didn't realize until I was I was twenty six um, at that time last year. And a lot of my um, growth last year was recognizing when I was getting overstimulated and things like that and how I previously thought that I was depressed. Yes, there have been times in my life where I was depressed and really sad and stuff, but a lot of it actually was not depression. It was me being overstimulated and then having a lack, extreme lack of energy to communicate that to even recognize what was happening stirred up (laughs) that was fun (laughs) that was a fun little moment (laughs) it was not but it wasn't fun. no but I actually I really do love being on the spectrum because I I learned a lot of not maybe not a lot but I learned certain coping mechanisms for me for when I get overstimulated and I do still have trouble with spotting uh, moments before I'm getting me overstimulated. So I have gotten better though at times being like, okay, well, I think you have in, uh, um, what's the word? Digested too much stimuli at this certain point, even if it's like in the morning, like an hour or two in the morning. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's the funny thing is like, well, not funny, but that's the thing is it could be at the end of the day, it could be in the middle of the day or the start of the day. It just depends on the, how much information I've digested. <laughs> in the in the, um, the previous few hours or the previous day or whatever <sighs> where am I going with this oh yes so for so that I realized that you're definitely on the spectrum welcome welcome bitch most of my friends are on the spectrum 
I do feel supported in that way from my friends and from like, you know, internet family stuff, you know, I don't feel supported from my family whatsoever. I've in increments felt that support from my grandmother, but as soon as I felt that support from her, she's like doubled down on the dick holiness of the ignorance that she doesn't know the stuff and just saying that, you know, don't, don't claim that. Don't get, don't get into that. You're, you're doing too much stuff. Literally one time she told me that if I didn't do Oracle and Tarot, that I wouldn't, uh, be on the spectrum. Cause she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't understand <laughs> any of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've had multiple discussions with my sister and we had a, a pretty bad, um, disagreement a few months ago about it. It was really heartbreaking because she just, she didn't understand. I realized after the fact that my over explaining, like it just, it just all of them went over her head because she has no concept of what being on the spectrum means really. People often think they know exactly what each diagnosis should look like. (laughs) And when you don't actually know anything about it, then you just have misinformation rolling around in your head. And you come off like an asshole because everybody presents differently. And that's why it's it's being on the spectrum because everything's a spectrum. Especially for women. A lot of our symptoms are internalized. So we present it very differently than how men would. The <laughs> And part of the argument was my delivery of things for people that know. They, they know what... <laughs> communication is a hard thing for people on the spectrum for people for neurodivergent people because we don't have the same communication style as a lot of other as neurotypical people do so sarcasm all the time can be hard for us i don't necessarily have a hard time understanding it (laughs) well that's not true (laughs) i should say i don't have a hard time understanding when people are joking most, I would say like 75% of the time, I can tell when someone's being sarcastic. But if they have like a dead tone or monotone or super sassy, like kind of persona anyway, it can be hard for me to distinguish. I like need to like make sure I know. <laughs> and for me, because I am quite sassy, you could say, one could say that I was sassy. <laughs> Moving on. My toe. Wow. I was looking at my toe. I just, I, okay. Well, side chat, side tangent (laughs) i had blisters on my feet they weren't bad like they didn't hurt it was just i i work 12 12 and a half hour shifts now because i'm i'll talk about that later but i'm working 12 and a half hour shifts now (laughs) and i just had blisters on my feet last week from my work my new work shoes and it was so weird because i I took my shoe off and i was like yo my toe is weird (laughs) my grandmother put some ointment on it and wrapped it and that Rap came right on off because she <laughs> she tried she really tried she had a little gauze and medical tape and everything and it came right on off um anyway what were we talking about uh what was i saying what was I talking about my sister oh uh, sarcasm yes um so in that conversation my genuine authentic like i was like begging literally for her to understand and because I was agreeing with her on something that I like literally a sentence before didn't like I verbally didn't agree the switch up was too I think too fast for her to understand (laughs) I think because of that she also associated my tone with uh being a smart ass 
So, <laughs> when I was being like literally genuine and I had a calm tone and she thought I was trying to guilt trip her because I can agree, I can disagree with somebody and then very quickly agree with them because I can really see a lot of perspectives. And I think that I really, attri- is it attribute or country? No, I, <laughs> I attribute that with being a writer because it, um, it just, you just, you're seeing a multiple characters perspective and even just being a reader, I think you, you, you understand that I'm itchy all of a sudden. So yeah, that was, that was a hard thing. And that was my like kind of wake up call that some people can't understand me <laughs> with sarcasm or my like being genuine. They can't decipher between the two. Uh, and that's like hurt. That's hurt the relationship. Like her and I don't talk about it. But it still it still hurts because I was seeking support and didn't not only did I not get it, but I was I was told that I was being what was me, just not understood at any point in the conversation. And so I don't I don't have any family support when it comes to that. Which is really fucking sad, but unfortunately that's the way the cookie crumbles with a lot of people that are not only LGBTQ plus, but also on the are neurodivergent like you really have a found like a found family and I was just hoping that I would have support from my family but I think I think I just think that's too much to ask a present um I'm hoping that with time people will want to learn more on their own but all I can do is give my say on it my piece on it share my experiences so hopefully it could help someone else uh, <laughs> a few of the people at my current job are definitely on the spectrum. One of the girls, Daniela, <laughs> she, <laughs> she is a hoot and a half. Like, like homegirl does not, her, her social cues, like, <laughs> they're just not there. <laughs> she's adorable. Um, and she's, <laughs> she's adorable. <laughs> we have good conversations, her and I. Uh, what was I saying? What, why did I bring her up? Oh, yes, because we were talking about being on the spectrum. Yes, yeah, so her and I, like, we talk about just the hardships that we face because people don't necessarily understand what disabilities are. Like, one of the other girls at work, like, was we were talking about how um, she um, was really discovering she was on the spectrum, and one of, not not only, no, both of the older women that work there, like, heard us talking about it, and they were like, well, I guess I, I guess that means I have disabilities, too. And they were making, like, they were teasing the situation, making fun of the situation. And it was like, y'all, y'all are part of the problem, fucking boomers. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Like, if you're gonna be ignorant, die off. That's how I feel about it. And the problem is, I like both of those women. <laughs> I really like working with both of those women. They're really awesome. <laughs> But I just like when I don't disagree when I disagree with someone that I feel like is just not gonna where we can't have a conversation where we can like both hear each other and grow and I feel like it's gonna go out in one ear and out the other I just I don't talk I just keep quiet I and because there's no point to doing you know trying to say your piece because um, some people just aren't gonna they're not gonna grow. They're not going to hear you. They think that they're, they're always the only way. They think they have nothing left to learn. 
what was I talking about? <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. So, um, Danielle and I were talking about our hardships, and I think that she's diagnosed, but we were talking about, like, getting, how hard getting di- a diagnosis is, and she pointed me in the direction of a place here in town that does it, and she was talking about one of her friends that was trying to get diagnosed as well, and the wait time is, like, the earliest they can get diagnosed is November, of 2022 bitches is at the time it was january now it's february um when we were talking about this it was january that's a long ass wait time and even then you don't know if they're gonna misdiagnose you or just i guess undiagnose you altogether because there's no one way to diagnose somebody on the spectrum and because it shows up so differently in women you have you have to hope that the doctor that you're going to see is versed well enough to understand that and that they think that your characteristics present enough to be on the spectrum for them to even diagnose you. Did y'all hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> and on top of that, there it's so fucking expensive. Like it's so okay. L- let me just let's let's look it up for shits and giggles. I'm gonna look it up. I want to see some ballparks that I'd asked because <laughs> I, don't, I I just want to talk about it. Okay, so one of the prices I'm seeing like on this first Google, like the first few Google results, is two thousand two hundred dollars. That's one of them. The other one is um five thousand two hundred two hundred dollars. And that's not that's just like not going like super like in depth. Those are just numbers that are jumping out. Let me just say that even a thousand dollars is fucking expensive and that wasn't even the price. <laughs> There are cheaper things like I just I'm seeing an ad here for ADHD diagnosis for $149 online. I would be very skeptical about that. I don't I don't know because those prices are very very different and because like my my worry for taking this is that they're going to undiagnose me um because they don't see the severity of my issues because I'm I'm not going to present how like I'm like a man is going to present. I think I do have specifically ADHD and some other stuff, I guess. <laughs> anxiety, too, I would say. Like, I don't think I have severe anxiety, but I do have hypervigilance. So, and that is from trauma stuff. So, but yeah, my worry about that, about doing this far, far cheaper option is that I wouldn't get... There are payment plans, okay. I wouldn't get a proper diagnosis, but... I do kind of feel comforted in the fact that I this it's an option. So for $150, that might be something that I try to do. I do have insurance. I don't think it's going to cover this. Like, I don't think it's going to cover me getting di- a diagnosis. This is ADHD experts, real results. My, and to circle back to the conversation with my sister, like one of the things that was a tipping point in the discussion, in our conversation, was the fact that I brought up that I believe that I have ADHD because of a few different things, um, but mainly it was the eating stuff, my eating, disordered eating at the time that we were talking about it, and how I wanted to just look into my options as far as medication goes and getting a diagnosis to see if it could help with regulating my executive functions as far as eating goes, and sometimes cleaning too, because sometimes cleaning can be really overwhelming. But more or less for me, it's the eating thing um, to have to (laughs) prepare meals, like three meals every day can get to me 
sometimes it's a lot less stressful. Like right now, I don't feel like super heightened about it. But when there are a lot of other things going on in my life, um, I can I can get it can get really bad, and I I don't I will not like eat. Um, and a lot of, some of that is is also like um, the relationship that I have with food, like outside of ADHD stuff. I'm just for the sake of shits and giggles, I'm just gonna go ahead and just I don't have the money to to do that, but I'm just gonna see what the signing up process is. And it says, "Are you a new or existing patient?" I am a new patient. <laughs> I'm new, and I'm in Virginia. Okay, are you interested in prescription medications for ADHD? Yes, I would like to explore my options. It says, prescription medications are available in the city of Virginia. Uh, our board-certified physicians are licensed in the city of Virginia to treat both adults and children for ADD and ADHD. I'm, I remember hearing something. I don't know if this is true or not, but I think that ADD is ruled out. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would have to double-check that. I think that like ADD, I think that they just lumped that in with ADHD. That's something I would want to double check because if that is true and they're, these licensed people are using the term ADD, that is a red flag. Next question. Would you like to learn more about any of the following services? Online counseling, online cognitive behavioral therapy, which I do CBT with my therapist. Online neurofeedback. Alternative treatment options. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just I skipped it because I, I, I got overwhelmed. I don't know. What the, I don't know. Are you seeking any of the following accommodations? I am seeking extended testing time for extended What? No, I'm seeking. Um, I guess I would say I would. I'm seeking workplace accommodations, and that's that's one of the things. Like, when you're when you go undiagnosed, it's easier for people to be like, you don't have that. You're just making that up. For me, a big thing, and a lot of other people struggle with this, is feeling like invalidated because people don't take you seriously. When you say that you're overwhelmed or you're overstimulated, like the older woman at work that made fun of us talking about being on the spectrum because they don't understand people can function differently differently than they can. And there are times when I'm at work where I'm like, and it's a fairly new job. I've only been there three weeks. So I can, um, I think I've been pretty decent at managing being overstimulated. I can go in the bathroom and sit for a bit, take a break um, when I need to. So that that's helpful, and there's people there that understand. But I haven't had a meltdown at work. Yesterday, I almost did because of, like, personal stuff. But it wasn't, like, because I was... Well, I mean, I was overstimulated, for sure. But it wasn't, like, I got overstimulated at work because of work. It was because of other things. Next question. Do you have medical insurance? Yes, <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know what this means. Most insurance plans include ADHD assessments, treatment is a cover benefit. Okay, well, I will look into mine because I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to get started? Yes. Yes. I just want to see. I just, I feel like it's going to make you pay before you. <laughs> it's either going to make you pay for it before or you're going to, well, I guess those are the only options to, <laughs> to make you to do the thing and then you have to pay to get the results. I feel like you're not going to do this. <laughs> Can I save this? I'm going to save this to my desktop because it, it, I'm going to do more research before I pay for it. But I also want look at some other um, like tests and stuff online. Ooh, Cerebro has a test. See, and that's that was the thing that made me like, oh, maybe even ADHD because I saw Cerebral, Cerebral ads on like Facebook and stuff for like 
a lot of people with ADHD having eating disorders. There's a heavy correlation there. And and I stumbled across like some YouTube videos and this one YouTube channel. What is the channel? I was just watching it actually. <laughs> and it made me like do the podcast. I'm recording a few podcasts. Her ADHD channel is How to ADHD. And she just she has a, over a million followers and I love her stuff. <laughs> so cerebral is a is a is a therapy thing, but I, I think it's because you can also get um what seven dollars a week Ooh, um get therapy you can also get diagnosed and medication but i think cerebral cerebral is like specifically um for yes specifically for anxiety adhd depression insomnia we're gonna we're just gonna share we're gonna click on some shit and see what the dealio is i don't want people calling me i'm not gonna answer though i'm not gonna answer do i have to I'm going to give him my phone number. <laughs> no, I'm going to use my own fucking password. <laughs> ASMR. What should my password be? Big brain bitches. It can't be that. I don't agree to this. Oh, is it going to make me confirm? Oh, my phone's right there. It's asking for data to make sure they're available in my um, area. Which... I don't see why they wouldn't be. I don't think. Yeah, I think. Is yeah, just anxiety and ADHD. <laughs> the following questions serve as a preliminary screen and establish whether medication is right. Course of okay. Over the past two weeks, we're just okay. I'm really doing this. We're doing a cerebral uh, assessment to see if I qualify for medications. I guess, or just what path they're going to take for me. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> no, what? No, what? Um, ah, okay. Over the past two weeks, how often have you been bothered by the following problem? Feeling nervous, anxious, and edge. Um, I don't know if, <laughs> not every day, but most of the days, more than half the days, more than half of the days. Um, not being able to stop or control worrying. Um, and okay first of all the options are nearly every day more than half the day several days not at all so what's the difference between nearly every day and several days what can someone explain that to me it's kind of bothering me because <laughs> i don't i don't understand um okay the question <laughs> not being able to stop or control worrying i haven't had that every day it was really when i got triggered yesterday so i'm just gonna say more than half the days <laughs> Worrying too much about different things. <laughs> Again, I don't understand the difference between several days and nearly every day. I mean, my mind's always like, I'm just going to say every day. Because it's every day that <laughs> your mind just goes, you know, wanders. Um, do I have trouble relaxing? I actually don't. Because I've made it a point to be, how long have I been recording? <laughs> 30 minutes? Damn. I made it a point to like put like work in self care every day. So I, when I'm able to, I stop working and like do ASMR stuff or like I intake ASMR. Like I'll watch and listen. I'll play Mahjong on my phone. Um, I'll just I'll relax. I'll watch YouTube reaction. Like one of my favorite YouTube reaction channels. I guess those things are familiar. I'll listen to music that I like brings me comfort. Um, and just I light my candles and shit. I have my, my wax melter. So I do those things. So I don't have trouble relaxing. So I'm just going to put that at all. 
Um, being so restless that it's hard to sit still. I wouldn't... See, and this is the thing where it's internalized from women. Because they're what they're asking here isn't like... They're like, they're basically saying you have to like literally get up and like do other things. You pop from thing to thing. Whereas for women, it's not always that. It can be that, but it's not always that. It's, oh, let me just, I can sit in one spot, um, but I'll just jump from the thing that I was doing to because something else just like crossed my mind because I have to do that. And I was interested in doing that, but I haven't gotten to it. But okay, but there's also this other thing that I like just want to check real quick. And you'd spend like an hour or two doing that thing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, the other two things I like got to go back to those things. And then maybe you don't want to do them anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. What was the question? Uh, being so restless, it is hard to sit still. I'm going to say, because again, the thing with this is you have to think about your, the goal here is to get a diagnosis and you can't pl- downplay your symptoms. You have to give the thing that clearly expresses what you're, going through your experiencing without it seeming like it's nothing at all because it's thing women like we'll do that again the question was being so restless restless that it's hard to sit still um i'll just say several days being easily annoyed or irritable more than half the days because people are dumb feeling afraid as if something awful might happen (laughs) see that's kind of hard though with having abandonment issues um, hypervigilance because that's not ADHD specific but it, I mean it's part of the thing though I'll say more than half the days how often do you have trouble wrapping up the final details of a project once the challenging parts have been done see the thing the fucking thing here is I think they're going to ask for my email after I finish this <laughs> but we're rolling the fucking punches I don't know how long this is going to be <sighs> what was the question uh, how often do you have this difficulty getting things in order when you have to do a task that requires organization? <sighs> because there's so many details, though. <laughs> there's a lot of details that goes into things. And uh, one of the things that I recognize uh, for being on the spectrum is having to get these little things done in order to get a big thing done. And that feeling overwhelming. And I think that's what it's saying here. So I'm going to say very often. How often do you have problems remembering appointments and obligations? Never. Never. <laughs> it didn't click. <laughs> when you have a task that requires a lot of thought, how often do you avoid or delay getting started? Sometimes. How often do you fidget or squirm with your I'm doing it right now with my feet. <laughs> with your hands or feet when you have to sit down for a long time? Um, I would say... I would say rarely, actually. I've, I think the only reason I'm doing it now is because um, there's like different stimulus. Going, like I'm taking this test and I'm recording. But I'm, I'm going to say rarely for that. How often do you feel overly active and compelled to do things like you were driven by a motor? Uh, what? I mean, I get the question, but I, I don't ever. I'm not. Okay, they're, it's, they're getting it hyperactive. I'm not hyperactive. I'm not hyperactive, so that's the, and that's one of the things, just like, I think they're, what they can misdiagnose people, especially women. How often do you make careless mistakes when you have to work on a boring or difficult project? Careless mistakes? What are those? (laughs) 
attention to detail, bitch. I'm going to say rarely because I know. Often do you have, I wonder if they're going to ask me my, my gender here. If they don't, I'm actually going to be kind of disappointed. How often do you have difficulty keeping your attention when you are doing boring or repetitive work? <sighs> often, very often. How often do you have difficulty concentrating on what people say to you, even when they are speaking to you directly? <clears throat> Let's take a moment to reflect. I think that I'm I'm the, I'm a really engaged listener because I'm an empath, and that, that being a learned behavior. But if it's something I don't care about. <laughs> then I can, t- I can tune people out easily and I can often, I can often be in what seems like an active listener and like be in my own head, like, you know, so, um, but the question was how often do you have the difficulty concentra- concentrating? Um, um, I'll say, I'll say sometimes. How often do you misplace or have difficulty finding things at home or at work? Never, because, I mean, at well, those are two fucking very different things. <laughs> at work, is, I have a lot of employees. I'm not misplacing anything at work because I don't want my shit to get stolen. I only put things in specific areas, even at home. But, I mean, my room can get my, st- not my, my, well, my room too sometimes. But my office room can get cluttered because there's a lot of my shit in there. Um, st- things can get misplaced in there, but, like, I find shit. <laughs> that wasn't the question though i'll say sometimes how often are you distracted by activity or noise around you i don't know if distracted it distracted's not um that's not <laughs> the word for me i don't get distracted i if i get startled very easily i can like you know well <laughs> i take that back i think i do get distracted because at work i'll like because i work at a grocery store and when I'm making pizza, I make pizzas, and when, like, it's very open, obviously, <laughs> so there's a lot of noise going around, so if there is, like, a particularly strange noise, then I'll, like, peek my head around, or a loud noise, I'll, like, st- startle a little bit, so I'm gonna say often, because I think it happens more than I realize, because it's normal for me, so I'm not, like, thinking about it, like, I guess maybe object- too objectively, uh, how often do how often do you leave your seat in, in meetings or other situations in which you are expected to remain seated? <laughs> Never. How often do you feel rest, restless or fidgety? I think I used to feel more restless because there. I feel like when you're are when you're an individual that you know is particularly productive, then you more or less feel like you should be doing something a lot of the time. And I've learned to not, uh, I gotta scratch the boobies. I've learned to get away from that as much. I don't feel super fidgety. Restless, I'll say sometimes. I'll just say sometimes. Because I still work on that. How often do you have difficulty unwinding and relaxing when you have time to yourself? <laughs> often. How often do you, because even when I am relaxing, my mind is on things that I should be doing. And I'm like, no, you should just stay where you're fucking at and just do the thing that you want to do right now, which is relax. <laughs> but even then, I'm like, uh, I could do this thing to relax or I should be doing that thing to relax or whatever, but whatever. How often do you find yourself taking, 
No. How often do you find yourself talking too much when you are in a social situation? Talking too much? Hmm. Never. Excuse me. (laughs) When you're in a conversation, how often do you find yourself finishing the sentences of people you are talking to before they can finish them themselves? Actually, I think that I do this sometimes. Because (laughs) I'm tuned in. Because it's a fucking empath. Tuned in to what people are feeling and, like about to say i guess so i will i won't make well i don't finish well that's not true i say i don't finish the sentences for them but sometimes i do i'm just gonna say often how often do you have difficulty waiting your turn situations when turn taking is required i don't like to do it (laughs) i like to be more instant but i think a lot of people would prefer that i don't like it i'm just gonna say very often how often do you interrupt others when they are busy? Sometimes. Sometimes. How often, how difficult has this made it for you to do your work, take care of things at home, or get along with other people? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they mean the, the very last question and not the other stuff. I'm going to say, I'm a pretty likable person. <laughs> I'm going to say it's somewhat difficult because I'm just going to say that for all of the things because I'm just now learning a lot of this stuff. Um, are there any events in your life that may be contributing to how you're feeling? <laughs> Family or relationship challenges? I'm checking that one. Titty itch. Uh, I don't have a loss of love one. Um, school or career challenges? Yeah, I'll do that one. Events and stressors? Yeah, so those... <laughs> So that's funny. It says anxiety. I have moderate anxiety, which I do, but it's just ADHD and likely to have ADHD. And this is why. Oh, drop my mic. Oof. This is why I wanted to do this test because, and this is not to discount like ADHD professionals, but again, this is why self diagnosing is such a thing because you know you have a lot of markers that contribute to many different things. It's easy to, it is easy to get lost in it sometimes, but, like, you you know yourself better than, than a lot of people know you, right? So, like, knowing that I'm on the spectrum and not having a clear answer can be hard. But knowing that I have different markers to align with other people that have diagnosis um, is helpful. But cerebral, <laughs> you know, says unlikely to have ADHD. And it says, based on these results, it is unlikely that medication for ADHD is the best treatment plan for you. However, you you have um, only completed a preliminary screening, and you will need to complete continue. Blah, blah, blah. You will need to continue to complete a full evaluation for a review by a cerebral prescriber. Okay, this isn't to discourage anybody from like going on here to take a test or anything like that. This is just what I've experienced, and I'm just looking at their plans. Um, so, and this is interesting because I did want to know what they were all about. I knew that they had therapy and like medication options and stuff like that. So, so they have medication and care counseling. Then they have medication. Um, oh, by the way, that, that um, the medication and care counseling runs $20 a week. They currently have um, a $7 a week for the first month special going on. For their medication and therapy option, it's three. It's now thirty three dollars a week for the first month, but it's typically seventy six dollars. Um, and again, that's for medication and therapy. 
for um, just regular therapy. I'm assuming this is you choose CBT or CBT or something else. Um, that is $60 a week normally. It is 23 for the special right now. So, so this is why it's hard because at this point I don't, according to the app or according to this test at least, um, I don't know if I would need medication or if medication is something that I could get. So, and what's the difference between care counseling and therapy? Mind, mind you, these aren't bad prices, but there, I think there, there are other options. But considering that you get, you can get medication through this, it's, and, but I would also assume it would cost, that would be a separate charge. But yeah, these aren't bad prices. Like, so I can't do basic math. <laughs> so we're going to go to the, my calculator for the regular therapy that, okay, so it's, yeah. So regular therapy with cerebral is $60 a week and that ends up being $240 a month. And that was what I was paying with BetterHelp, um, just the basic plan. And I ended up reducing my plan, excuse me, and I ended up reducing my plan to the like the half option, which um, was $120 or some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, was that right? No, because I ended up paying $160, I think. I don't know. Um, but there, there are options out there, y'all. There are options. My therapist, and she was not soliciting me. She soliciting me. She made that very clear. But I was expressing to her that I couldn't afford therapy at the moment, but I would find her again. And she suggested her private pack her private practice through Open Path. And it is if you go to openpathcollective.org, you can look up the information. And it's relatively cheaper. So I think that the price range is you pay between $30 and $60 per session. You know, for, as you just like better help, it's $60 per, per week. And same thing for um, cerebral, $60 a week. So, you know, it could end up being for Open Path that you only pay $30 a week or $35 or $40 or $45 or even $50, $55. That's still cheaper than $60 a week. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's something that people can look into. Just so you know, when you do when you do go to Open Path, there is um a $59 membership fee, but you only pay that one time to my understanding. I just because I haven't signed up for it yet, I don't know the inner workings of this uh of this path because I don't I don't know I, I would assume there's an app that you do go to to do all this like there is for better help and cerebral like as far as having the call and such. I don't know if there's like a journal section, like I've only done better help and with better help, there's a journaling section you can do every day. There were workshops on there, but I never did those. And I, I just, I had teletherapy. So I, I talked to my therapist every week or once I had to reduce it before I like had to cancel it. I was, it was, uh, I only was able to do one session a month. Can I find, I'm looking here. I'm trying to see if I can, uh, search by name. Can I search by name? Oh, yes, I can. Let me find my therapist. Because, I, I mean, I do miss, like, talking to her. I found her very simply by just uh, <laughs> um, going to the, like, find therapist, uh, find your therapist. And then I went to the name and typed her first name in. And here she is. I don't know. She has a tattoo. Her picture on better help. It's not, it's not the same picture. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. It's just... Oh my god. Okay, first of all, sorry. I'm seeing um I didn't know that she was in Virginia, first of all. 
because it doesn't tell you where your therapist is. At least I didn't think it did on BetterHelp. Maybe I didn't look hard enough, but it is just telling me some information about her location. And I was just like, oh my God, you're in the, in the area kind of. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just, I just want to talk about the importance of therapy to, to end off this very long podcast. Um, it's really helped me personally in the last several months because there's like so much that I I've gone through and I'm going through and so much that I hope to achieve it, like progress wise with my issues I just I realized at a point last year that I couldn't do it alone I just wanted some support there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing with wanting and needing a support and realizing this is too big for me to handle by myself or for the people in my life that aren't certified to handle the thing not that they can't help but they're not certified and they're not unbiased so um i i urge you if you need to talk to somebody to look into cheap options that can get you by um that can get you some help and most importantly that it's your choice because if you feel forced into doing it or if you're not ready it can cause more damage you can do more harm than good so really need, it really needs to be your choice um so yeah the those are just a few of the options like check out openpathcollective.org you can check out BetterHelp. You, and um and a lot of this i, th- so I don't know about cerebral because i didn't like look into that but BetterHelp was income based to my knowledge like the, what i filled out was and when i went to reduce plan like it you know it seemed income based there like i don't know if the woman's initiative is something that's um outside of virginia but here in virginia it's free to have therapy there and i i believe though it is group therapy i don't even know how that works like i personally don't want to share my shit in front of people <laughs> like if but it's free <laughs> um if i had to you know i would but i am a privileged prick so i would rather pay <laughs> to share my shit in private in private I don't like going into places to do it because I know that I'm, I feel like I just won't do it. And I want to get to a place that eventually that I could potentially go into an office. But I prefer teletherapy because I, I just, it's one less thing that I have to be overwhelmed by, like getting to the appointment and things pro- like coming up, preventing me getting to the appointment on time. You know what I mean? Like it's just is easy. But that's all I have for you today. That was almost an hour. Bye. Okay, bye.